This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 21st, 2023. A work in progress, pruning with a purpose. Good morning, Connection Church. Guess what? What? Pat just told me that she's given us that pretty one and she's keeping the other one. That's good. Yeah. Hi at home. Welcome. You know, just a disclaimer. There was no bloodshed in the making of that uh, video. Now, if that had been me, (laughs) the way she's reaching in on all those thorns, oh my goodness. So today we continue our series of work in progress. Two weeks ago, we talked about progress over perfection. Last week, we talked about milk to maturity. This morning, we're going to look at pruning with a purpose. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's great to see everybody. Just wish I could like, hi, 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 hi. Go ahead, we've got time. Yeah, can we? Anyway, and those of you online, thanks so much for joining us. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you for this day. It's such a gorgeous day. And we get to set some time aside to glorify you, to be together as a community of faith, to grow, to learn about pruning with a purpose. Lord, use this scripture to change and transform us. I ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Amen. So as Pat pointed out in the video, there's a big difference between trimming and pruning. A couple weeks ago, we got a lot of mulch beds around our house. I had to before I put the mulch down, you got to trim the stuff up. Otherwise, it just gets really crazy. And notice I word, used the word trim. Because I got my electric-powered head shears, and I went at it. And those things got really cut back. And I have pruning shears, but I have to call them trimming shears because I don't think I've ever pruned in my life. You notice how she was gentle and carefully... Now, we've got a goal. We've got to get that thing smaller in some kind of shape so that it's not all overgrown. That's, that's what we do with trimming at our house, you know? So, obviously, there's a big difference between pruning and trimming. Pruning with a purpose is really important. So today, if you have your Bibles with you, if you're on your smartphone, we are focused on the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, in the New Testament, chapter 15. It's a great chapter, and Jesus talks about pruning. It's not surprising for him to use an agricultural example because that's what was going on back then. He often told stories about things happening with the land. Remember, there was a sower who went out to sow seed. He talked about uh, figs and wheat. He talked about trees producing good fruit. And so he often used agriculture as a way to share truth and to bring his words alive. Can you just imagine Jesus teaching and he, the people would be there and they might look out on the hillside and they would see a shepherd with sheep or they would see a farmer doing something with the land. And so his references would have made sense to those who were listening to him, connecting to the very lives that they were living. Jesus knew his audience. 
He knew how to connect with them, these everyday metaphors. So let's take a look at chapter 15, and our focus is on verses 1 through 8. Here we go. I, Jesus says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Mm. And so when we read scripture, it's always important to consider the context, to put it into context. We're, we're, uh, what's going on before or after in the scripture? Who's the audience? Um, see, two, ta- two chapters before this, chapter 13, the book of John, uh, Jesus is, is pouring himself, pouring himself into disciples, uh, teaching them, modeling for them, encouraging them for what to do, how to act, when he's no longer here, at least in the flesh, because he knows what's coming. He knows shortly he's going to be arrested and beaten and, and, and hung up on a cross to die. And so what takes place before the vineyard and the gardener is Jesus sharing with the disciples. He, does, he shares with them the Last Supper, you know, when he took the, that, that meal of the, the Hebrews, the, that, uh, that Passover meal, and gave it new meaning. And put himself in that picture with the blood and the bread and, and, and the wine and the, and, and the bread and represented his body and his blood through those things. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's getting them ready in that chapter 13. And then in chapter 14, he encourages them by saying this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Isn't that a very calming thing? Do not let your hearts be troubled. I tell you what, if I was there, I'd be troubled. This guy I've been traveling around with for three years, I've poured myself into as well, and he's no longer going to be here. What what are we going to do, you'd wonder? But then he shares about how in my father's house are many rooms, and I go to prepare a place for you, and and, and I'll come back for you, and and I, I wouldn't say this if it wasn't so. How comforting is that to these guys who've been following him? Um, he's getting them ready. He proclaims that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that the way to the Father is through him. Wow. Um, Jesus is the visible, tangible of what is invisible and intangible God, the in the flesh and the in the spirit. You know, he says, you know, uh, Peter, Philip says, uh, we want to see the Father. How can we see him? And Jesus says, look, man, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Like Father, like Son. Come on. It's really cool. He tells them that he's, after he leaves, he's going to ask the Father to send another. Notice that. He says another advocate, another one who on their behalf. And that other advocate is the Holy Spirit who will teach them everything, and remind them of the things that Jesus taught them. Wow. Chapter 14 is quite a chapter, isn't it? You know, in uh, the book of Matthew, we find uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and that's broken up into chapters, but it's, it's, it's an extended teaching. It could have happened over a period of a few days, and that's what we find here in John. Really good stuff in 13, and 
and more, and then we finally come to chapter 15. Chapter 15, and he begins with the analogy of a vineyard. Jesus is the grapevine. The God the Father is the gardener or the vine dresser. Let's talk about a grapevine for a moment. A grapevine is a really prolific plant. A single vine supports lots and lots of branches and bears many grapes. In the Old Testament, grapes symbolize Israel's uh, fruitfulness in doing God's work. In the Passover meal that Alan spoke of, the, the fruit of the vine symbolized God's goodness to God's people. And so the grapevine was something that Jesus' disciples would have been familiar with. They would have known, they could have pictured that in their minds. And so as Jesus is teaching, he says something that's really curious. He says, the Father cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. He cuts the branches off, gets rid of them. In the video that Pat shared, she said that dead branches have no use. They're not only worthless, they cannot bear uh, fruit or they can't bloom. And so fruit can't be produced from dead branches. But another curious thing here is we aren't responsible for producing the fruit. We aren't in charge of fruit production. <laughs> if you look at Paul's letter to the church at Galatia, in the 22nd chapter, verses, I'm sorry, the 5th chapter, verses 22 to 23, this is what we read. But the Holy Spirit produces the kind of, this kind of fruit in our lives. Say it with me. Love, joy, joy peace, peace, patience, patience kindness, kindness, goodness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, gentleness and, and self-control. So that, that's the, now it's important we got to stay close to, but the, the producer is the Holy Spirit. So you say, what's going on here? Mm. We're going to get cut off for not producing fruit. Holy Spirit's in charge of fruit production. How is this going to work? Well, check this word out. The word for cut off in the Greek is the word, uh, a a i r o a arrow arrow. That means to cut off. But you know, most Greek words have more than one definition. And from what I read, from what we read, commentaries and stuff, the least often used definition for this word is to cut off. The most often used definition for this word is to be raised or lifted up. And that's interesting, this one word has such different definition, doesn't it? Raised, lifted up, or cut off. Check this out, in the Middle Eastern vineyards, the type of vineyards that Jesus would have been talking about, if the vines were lying on the ground, it would cause the grapes, uh, because of the moisture and a lack of sun, cause them to uh, get mold or fungus. As such a one of the jobs of the vine dresser, the gardener in this case, God, or the vine dresser, is to lift those vines up off, off, up off the ground, uh, to maybe prop them up with little twigs or to trellis them. 
to get them up so they can get fresh air and sunshine, so they wouldn't be subject to the mold and the fungus. Here's the really cool part about this. When the branches are lifted up, they actually start to produce fruit once again. You see what's going on here? They're not ready to be dead and thrown. Lift them up, and they may produce fruit once again. Uh, and so let's consider this. Rather than, rather than cutting off the branch that didn't produce fruit, what if the father raises up the branch off the ground, you and me, off the ground, doesn't allow it to get moldy or fungusy, or whatever word that is, um, and, and exposes us to the sunshine, to the fresh air, draws us ever closer, allowing the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in our lives. Isn't that a cool image? I think it's awesome. I like that definition. I like that, that translation. How about you? I'm also thinking about that. And when, when the fruit is down on the ground and under stuff, it's in the dark. And when it's raised up, it comes into the light. Well, that'll preach too. Because we need to come out of the dark into the light. Very interesting translation. So the branches are not only lifted up, but the gardener, the, the vine dresser, God the Father, he prunes the branches mm. so that they will bear fruit. So that's what Pat was talking about in the video, pruning with a purpose. <coughs> Say pruning with a purpose. <coughs> yeah. She said, Pat said, that cuts in just the right places are made so that the energy can be channeled into the plant so that the plant can grow and bloom or produce fruit, which is, which is the goal. So God the Father, the vine dresser, making just the right cuts in us, so to speak, so that the energy is directed to the fruit produced in us and the fruit that we already looked at in Galatians, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And again, it's not us who produces the fruit. It's the who? Holy Spirit in and through us. Mm. In an article uh, entitled Five Signs, that you're in a pruning season. Ouch. All right, so Susan takes notes. Susan, there's not five points. Don't We're put just down five blind. Don't, don't number to five because yeah. you'll be frustrated. Are you type A personality? Yeah, don't, don't put numbers down. Okay. That's why we're friends. <laughs> so, so we'll give you a couple of examples <laughs> after reading this thing. I'll give you an example from my life, um, how God, I think, pruned me. We go back a few years. My previous career was with uh, Prudential Insurance. I was an agent and then a sales manager. And as a sales manager, I was all over Sussex County. Whether well, I was an agent, I was just in Seaford. And I got the feeling after a few years as a, as a sales manager that God wanted me to come back home, so to speak, to be a little closer to home. You know, we had a lot of kids at the time. Uh, three, yeah, three kids. And, and I was supposed, and I, well, I had this whole conversation with God. I said, yeah, God, that's a great plan, but I can't afford to do that. I can't afford it. 
Well, I didn't hear God say this, but I know in private, he said, watch. And over the next year, my pay went down by about a third. I wasn't working any less. Nothing was different other than my paycheck. And I said, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. And I said, but Lord, (laughs) there's not an agency in Seaford that's open. Well, in the next two weeks, uh, a woman retired who had the agency in the next town in Bridgeville, and she also had some clients. It was so close to Seaford as you could get. I said, okay, okay, I get it, and I, and I gave in. And like within the next six months, the agency in Seaford opened. You see how he kind of just pruned, a, pruned about a third of my paycheck, and then, yeah. And I think what he was preparing me for was we were going to have a severe financial pruning when I went into ministry shortly thereafter. You know, he was doing it step by step, but God will prune you if you need it. I was focused on money. He wanted me focused on him. There you go. So my example of pruning, it happens to me a lot, but one way happens when I'm in small group or Bible study, because that's when I really examine the word with sisters in Christ. And so the last one that we just finished up, it's How Much More by Lisa Harper, and it's Discovering God's Extravagant Love in Unexpected Places. Great. I cannot wait to start this. So I open up the book, and she writes, she has our study broken down in in different sections, and the first section is about stretching sacred muscles. That sounds great. Okay, I can do this. And I start reading, and it says, stretching sacred muscles will help us peruse God's word. Sounds good. The definition of peruse is to examine or consider with attention and in detail. Like, okay, I do read God's word a lot, but it's not only, it's not always with attention <laughs> and in detail. And then she writes in Acts 17:11. Uh, quote, receive the word with eagerness. And it's like, oh boy, now this is another pruning because sometimes I go through the motions of doing my devotions. That rhymes. I didn't mean that to rhyme. But am I the only one who has done that? I think you are. I think I am. She's all alone, isn't she? So I'm like, okay, I'm already thinking this study is going to get me. So the first scripture we're supposed to look at is perhaps one of my greatest issues. The first scripture is Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. I've already told you that I love to work. I've already told you that I have trouble with resting. I have trouble with dialing back. And it's much better than it used to be because I'm actively working on that. But it's like, well, I know this. I've preached on this. This is, And it's like, oh my gosh, I need to examine it and consider it closely. So that's another, like, he's stomping on the toes. I'm going to show you Exodus 20 again because you need it. Well, don't you know, as I reread it, and this isn't new to me, but it felt like it because it was another aha. Sabbath, I've got it marked here. Those of you in the group with me, you know it's like this light bulb. Rest, which I have trouble doing, is holy. Rest is sacred. That was my aha. And so I got pruned big time. 
This happened in February. I'm actively pursuing learning how to rest more and rest better and not feeling guilty about it. And so that's God's example of, of pruning me. And reading the scripture with intention and openness, God's got something to say to each one of us. And sometimes it's a, in a pruning fashion, but I embrace that. We need to embrace the pruning because it helps us get closer to God. So God prunes us, cuts out the dead stuff, uh, kind of points us in the direction, get closer to him. And, uh, but you know, the, the thing about pruning, it doesn't guarantee that we'll get close. It doesn't guarantee our direction. It, uh, it encourages it. Again, um, it's not us producing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, so it'd be good to get close to the Holy Spirit, to be focused on God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to at least give the Holy Spirit a chance to produce through us, in us, with us, Father pruning us, be that the absolute most out of us. But you know, the trouble is, we always have a choice, don't we? We always have a choice. We can fight God. Doesn't that sound goofy? God wants what's absolutely best for us, and we want to fight God and say, I want to do it my way. I want to do it my way. Challenge the Holy Spirit. I dare you to produce fruit in me, Holy Spirit. Work against what God wants for us, even though God absolutely knows what's best. And so we often choose poorly. We often choose other than God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, goofy as that is. So all that's verses 1 and 2. Let's move on to verses 3 and 4 of chapter 15. Jesus says, You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So Jesus says this to his disciples to prepare them for what's ahead. Remember, they've been with him for the last few years. And can, we've studied a lot of, of what they've witnessed Jesus do, all the healings, you know, people experiencing freedom from demons, life being transformed, you know, living water, all kinds of stuff. And so these disciples will have to carry on without Jesus in not too long from what he's saying. And so he's preparing them. And no doubt they've experienced the pruning as well, because you can't help but be with Jesus then to hear his word and to be changed and transformed by it. And to be changed and transformed, that means something has to be left. And so they've themselves experienced the pruning. Think about what they were like when Jesus first said, Hey, Andrew, come with me. Hey, Matthew, come with me. They were like, not with Christ. But then, oh my goodness, look what happened. So they were brought closer and closer to Jesus through modeling, watching, experiencing, teaching, and even being pruned. And then Jesus says to them, remain in me and I will remain in you interesting the order he puts that, isn't he? He doesn't say, I'll remain in you, and then you, re no, I remain in me, 
and I will remain in you. Remaining in Christ, believing in him, trusting in him, welcoming Christ, being as close as possible, remain in me. It's fully attaching ourselves to him and drawing our necessary life force from him. Remain in me. But it's a two-way street. Remain in me, I'll remain in you. Remain in Jesus. Remain. And Jesus will remain in us. And here is why this is so important. A branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. You ever cut, like when I was trimmed the other day, a lot of pieces come off, and you look at them even the next day. Is it still green? If it is, it's not much. If it's two days, three days later, it's gone. It's dead. It needs to be attached to the vine or to the trunk or to whatever is that life-giving force. Whatever goes down the roots, brings the water up, has to, it has to be attached to that or it will not live. It simply doesn't work. And the same with us in Jesus Christ. We've got to be attached. When we're separated, we can't live. We don't, we don't get the necessary sustenance we need for true living. It doesn't produce fruit if it's separated from the vine. Picking it up at verse 6. The next thing Jesus says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Boy, that's not a comforting analogy, is it? You know, Jesus, uh, it paints this picture of withering away, dead, burned. It's, it's kind of hard to know what to do with this. While we are saved by grace through faith, and that, you know, we're, we, we have, we are saved by grace by saying, I believe you are the Lord of my life through faith. It is very clear that God wants us to be useful to God's kingdom, to help make this world a better place, a God place, a Jesus-y place. And so we must remain in Christ. Jesus wants us to bear fruit and the fruit that is produced by the Holy Spirit, in order to have the fruit that is produced by the Holy Spirit, we have to be connected to Jesus through our relationship with Christ. So this chapter, John 15, is a chapter in which Jesus is sharing a lot of stuff with his disciples. We're disciples too, aren't we? And so as we read this, Jesus isn't just talking to the 12 boys that have been following him around for three years, but he's talking to us as well. And when he's talking to them um, just after that last supper together, he's talking to us as well. There are times when, we, when we've been pruned and purified by the message that Jesus has given us. Uh, how many people here like to get pruned? You like to get shaped up and cut back and kind of unanimous, wow. Yeah, I don't like it either. Kind of hurts. 
kind of hurts. It pinches. It, it's uncomfortable. It cuts us back, shapes us, prunes us in order. Here's the reason, though. In order to keep our energies directed to the places that would draw us closer to Him, to the Father, to the Holy Spirit. He's not cutting us just to cut us. It's shaping us in a direction ever closer to that person God had in mind when God first thought of us. Ever closer to that. You know how you might have an idea for how a plant ought to look? And you, yeah. God knows how we're, what, what we were intended to be and kind of shapes us in that direction. But the weird thing is, he doesn't force us, does he? God never forces us. We always have that choice. Ah, don't you sometimes say, God, why did you give me a choice? Because you know I'm going to choose poorly. Because I always do. But he gives us a choice, and I guess that's because he wants to know that we choose him freely. We don't just, you know, if you had to, uh, if you had no other choice than to say, I love you, would it have much meaning? Wouldn't have much meaning at all, would it? Well, I don't have any choice now, I mean, at this point. But I mean, under normal circumstances. You know, if you have to do it, it's not the same, is it? As when you can freely choose. And with God, we freely choose or not. We can follow or we can turn and go our own way. And so we've been looking at chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, and we've been picking it apart. We want to share it in its entirety so you can get kind of the whole thing at once. So here we go. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Where a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, say this next part, you can do nothing. So say, put I instead of you. Apart from me, I I can can do do nothing. nothing. Apart from Jesus, I can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered in a pile and burned, to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, You may ask for anything you want, but keep in mind, if you're in Christ and he's in you, aren't your requests going to be probably Christ-centered, other-centered? They're not going to be self-centered, are they? You're not going to be asking for things that are all about me, that are, it's going to be a broader lookout beyond yourself because you're focused on Christ and not this guy. You can ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, well, you're my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. And so, 
the whole point of producing fruit through the Holy Spirit is to bring glory to God. It's to bring glory to God. What does that look like? It means loving Jesus with everything we've got. It means sometimes um, not being swayed by this or that that we know isn't God, but trying to stay true to who we are in Christ, in all we do, in all we say, in all we, that we think. You know, less of me, more of you, God. Wow, staying close, producing fruit by the Holy Spirit, given by the Holy Spirit. So we are all works in progress. That's a good thing. And we talked, uh, we've been talking that like we're never done, uh, but we can keep growing and growing and growing and learning in about Christ and living that out. But there are times when Jesus needs to show us something and sometimes it hurts. I have come to understand that seasons of pruning in my life are good for me. And actually, when I kind of go back and realize that that is a particular season of what's going on, I, I now embrace it because I know that in the end, God is going to be glorified. God will get the credit. It'll make a better version of me. It's Christ in and through me. So when you think you're getting pruned, say, okay, God, show it to me and let's, let's go for it here. Because ultimately, it's a good thing. And the whole point of the fruit in our very lives is to give God all the glory. We sang about that, holy, holy, holy forever, holy are you, God. So Connection Church, don't be afraid of pruning. Embrace it, say, okay, okay. And as a church... You know, we're getting pruned a little bit, but that's okay. It's okay because our mission is, say it with me, to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. And that's, we're unwavering on that. And so I'm really excited about pruning in my life and even pruning in our church. It can be a good thing. John 15, go home and read it this week. Verses 1 through 8, and you can keep on going. There's a lot more good stuff in there. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is our lifeblood because he shed his blood for you and me. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, um, this scripture found in John 15 with the vine and the branches, ooh, it is, uh, it does step on our toes. It does cut us back. It does prune us. But the really cool thing that I got from this, Lord, is thank you that it also means to lift us up, lift us out. That's what you do best, lifting us up out of the pit, lifting us up out of our darkness, lifting us up into the glorious light, lifting us out of those things that bind us and hold us and imprison us. Lord, thank you for lifting us up, breaking those chains so that we can be free, so that we are forgiven, so that we can give you all the glory and the honor. 
Thank you, Lord, for this day, for gathering us here and online for another day to go about your business. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.